Welcome to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast. My name is Bob Heilig, your host and the founder of Your Virtual Upline. This is the podcast for the new wave of network marketing leaders that want to make an impact and aren't just building a downline, they're building a better world. Join us each week and learn how to build a profitable network marketing business that gives you complete freedom so that you can give back to the world in an even bigger way. What's up, everybody? Episode 101. And I've got a special episode today. We don't do too many interviews, but that's what we gonna do today. I got none only then, Mr. Preston Pugmire. Many of you may be familiar with the work that he does. He founded The Next Level Life. He's got a what was a number one podcast on iTunes called The Next Level Podcast. And Preston really specializes in helping people do the deep inner work of mindset transformation. And I asked Preston on the show today because I found out about him probably about six months ago when a lot of the top leaders that are in my membership, my Legacy Leadership Academy, started mentioning his name and how they were doing some personal coaching with him and how much it helped them get over some of the mental blocks that they had in terms of their business. And I started checking Preston out. I started listening to his podcast, and I just absolutely fell in love with his message. And I said, man, my audience needs to hear what he has to say. And today, we are going to specifically talk about this issue of victim mentality. You've heard me talk about this before. A lot of you don't realize that this is something that is a big problem for you in your business. And Preston and I really dig deep into this idea of the victim mindset and learning how to take responsibility for your success and really the power behind that. So I know you're going to absolutely love it. But I've also, as you'll hear, we have a big announcement. Time is drawing closer. My annual three-day event, the Impact and Growth Summit, is about two and a half months away. And the big announcement is Preston is actually going to be speaking at that event so if you get value out of this episode today, this is just a little sneak peek at some of the work that we're going to have him do at the event. If you haven't grabbed your tickets yet, make sure you do impactandgrowthsummit.com. It's going to be in Dallas, Texas, May 17th through the 19th. I'll make sure I put the link in the show notes so you can check it out. Tickets are going fast. There is early bird pricing available, so make sure you go check it out. I hope to see you there. But without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get into the interview. And I know that you're going to get a ton of value out of this one. All right. Well, I am excited to be here with someone that I've just relatively recently been connected with and was uh, a guest on his podcast. And I'm probably by the time this airs, it'll be around the same time that I'll be on your podcast. But I'm really excited to have Preston Pugmire with me today. He is the founder of Next Level Life. He has a a podcast that was, I think, at one point you were featured number one in the world on iTunes. Debut, launch day, number one on launch day. You that, got that. Dude, that is so awesome. insane, man. Well, I'm Preston. I'm excited to have you here. And you know, I know that my audience is going to get a lot out of our discussion. We're going to be really digging deep into like your specialty is, is mindset and this idea, which I love that you talk about how mindset 
is more important than strategy when it comes to success as an entrepreneur. So I'm really looking forward to digging into this with you. But before we kind of get into all that, I, I got two things I want to do. I want to make a quick announcement and then I want to have you start off by sharing your story. But one of the reasons why I wanted to have Preston on the show is I'm super excited he has agreed to actually be a speaker at my upcoming live event in May, the Impact and Growth Summit. It's happening in Dallas, Texas, May 17th through the 19th. So what you're going to get here today is just a little sneak peek of what Preston's going to be doing at the event. So I'm super pumped to have you at the event. And anyway, so let me kick it over to you, man. I'd love to have you share a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got led down the path of doing what you do today. Thank you so much. I am honored to be able to not just be on the podcast, be able to come and be a speaker at Impact and Growth Summit. It's going to be so incredible. As far as me, my name is Preston Pugmire. And I'll start off like this. Let's just get right into it. I normally would say I'm a podcaster or I'm a life coach or whatever that looks like. But this is me. I am a powerful, kind, joyful man of light. And I embody inspiration and creativity. And through my life, I testify of the living God so that all his children feel self-worth. That's my guiding North Star. I happen to do that through podcasting, through business mindset coaching, through events, through speaking, and stuff like that right now. But that's my message. And that's my whole... Like I said, my North Star. That's what, what guides me. I used to do it through music. I still am a musician, but I, used to, I got my start in entrepreneurship as starting what for me was a music company. And what that looked like was touring and traveling all around the country, playing universities and colleges and performing at uh, keynoting corporate events and stuff like that all over. And I made really good money and had a lot of fun doing that. And then me and my wife had children and we shifted out of just traveling all the time. And I started my podcast and I started my coaching business. This is a really condensed version of the story. But bottom <laughs> line, the, the thread is connection and mindset. You can apply that to whatever. If it's network marketing, if it's music, if it's podcasting, whatever. You have the right mindset that your goals are inevitable, then the path becomes less important. And that's why I say mindset is more important than strategy. Or it's just mindset before strategy. Yeah. It's not mindset instead of. It's just mindset before. Just like when you build a house, it's not foundation instead of walls. It's just foundation before walls. So that's who I am. That's what I do. So I'm curious, how many children do you have? Because you know, most, of our, most of our audience has family, so they'll appreciate yeah. that. I have a five-year-old boy and a two-year-old daughter. Okay. So I'm kind of interested. So them, you having your kids, is that, is that the thing that prompted you to, to kind of shift gears and go down the path you're on today? Was it a matter of travel being an issue for you with you know, what you were trying to do at that time? Yes, it was intentional to shift out of the... Me and my wife, we literally were on the road for 10 months out of the year. And it was mm. a blast, man. I've either spoken on or performed in over 1,300 stages. And I've done <laughs> so many... Shows. I have spoken or performed in 46 different states. Over the course of four years, we drove 200,000 miles in our car and just visited everywhere. And it was just phenomenal to be on that journey. But then we decided we're going to shift things a little bit and have children. And you can totally do that. You can get in a van and drive around with kids. It's possible, but it's not what we wanted to do. It just ended up being a shift. And there, there was a transitional period there that was less than ideal for me, honestly, like in my 
heart and in my finances and things. But when I decided that my goals were possible for me from a different field or in a different field with trajectory, that's when things were able to take off. So the threat is connection and mindset. And where did that vision come from? I have to imagine that, you know, I think this is a very relevant conversation for a lot of our viewers because it's really scary transitioning and pivoting from something that you've done successfully to essentially trying to create this idea out of thin air, which is, hey, let me go start this coaching and training business. And a lot of our listeners, they have jobs and careers or families that take up the majority of their time and they've kind of hitched their wagon to this idea that I'm going to build a network marketing business and I'm trying to create something out of nothing. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what was that like to you? Where did that vision come from for you? What were the... That kept you going in those early stages where maybe that vision was being tested a little bit? Oh, man. Yeah. It still gets tested, man. But the number one thing I would say to somebody in that position, take a breath and have some compassion for yourself. Mm. Dude, if you compare your journey to other people, you don't know what's going on, man. Like some of my clients are the top earners in some of these network marketing companies and you don't know what's happening for them, what they feel, what they think. And when I was a musician, I had this idea of what these top musicians would (laughs) think and feel and do. And I got to meet some of them and perform with some of them. And it's like, oh my gosh, my idea of what was happening in their life is so much different. Mm -hmm. And then in a podcasting sense, like I get to, network with some of these top podcasters and just have some compassion for yourself, man. Be on your own journey. And I know that sounds like too easy, too simple. You put it on a poster and put it in the hallway of an elementary school. But dude, it is legit real. Have some compassion for yourself and be as much in alignment as you can given your current circumstances. Mm. What did that look like for you in the early days, staying in alignment? being intentional about shifting my beliefs. I remember very specifically two years ago or so, I was building a deck off the side of my house and I was not happy. I was basically broke and unhappy and (laughs) be very, very succinct about it. And I was listening to this podcast by Jess Lively, who is now somebody that I've actually worked with. I've spoken at her event, but this podcast completely changed my perspective on things because what it looked like for me was allowing myself to be where I was at that time without judgment. Because mm. if you judge yourself for where you're at, then it's like putting this big wet blanket on top of you and you can't move. I had this idea that if I don't hate my situation, like I need to actively hate my situation in order to get out of it. And that was one of the things that kept me stuck in it. So I'm sitting here building my deck and just keeps talking about the law of attraction and how important your thoughts are. And I was like, okay, cool. But what do I do about that, Jess? Like, you don't get me. I'm in this actual situation. You don't know. This is my, <laughs> my ego talking yeah. to her. And then after about three or four days of... Like, I listened to 40 hours of Jess Lively's podcast in one week. Yeah. I can relate to that. I've, I've done something <laughs> like that before. Yeah. So basically, it was my full-time job. Listening to this <laughs> I was like, yeah, cool. But what do I do? That's great for you. But what do I do? And I kept like coming back to this. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And on day three, I was like, finally, like, you know what? I'm just going to try this. What do I have to lose? Instead of do, I'm going to think and be. And I know it's not going to happen tomorrow, but I'm just going to think and be. I'm just going to create this situation where I'm no longer a victim to my children. I'm no longer a victim to my bank account. To be honest, I'm no longer a victim to my spouse. Mm -hmm. And what I've decided 
she needs to do in order for me to be happy. It's just effing ridiculous. And so when I decided I'm going to give this a try, shift my thoughts. The first thing I did was for one week, I intentionally, every single day, every time I talked to, looked at, or thought about my wife, I thought, man, I just love her so much. And these are three things that I'm grateful for. Mm. And I didn't tell her what I was doing. But after that week of only allowing myself to think positive thoughts, then our relationship completely shifted. Mm. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing with my bank account and my, <laughs> my just financial situation. And I just expressed gratitude for what it was. And then and it's not like at the end of the week, I had a million dollars, but all of a sudden I decided to change my thoughts and changing my thoughts, changing my mindset allowed me to be in a place where I then took different action because then I can start a podcast, right? Because if yeah. you're sitting here in self-pity and victimhood, then I am not even going to have the balls to start a podcast. Yeah. Like to me, when I hear you talk about that, you talk about being in a place to do the work. To me, that's all about joy. It's falling in love with the process of doing the work. You know, what we teach our students is that, you know, gratitude is the gateway drug to joy. It's impossible for you to not be grateful. But, it, but like you said, though, it's not this like kind of flimsy attitude of gratitude. It's the practice of gratitude. It's the diligence of doing it every day of retraining your mind to bring more joy into your life. And isn't the other part of it though, Preston, it's about surrender, right? You talked about God being a part of it. And, and, and I just had a conversation today in my community about God's plan is always greater than our plan. When we're in pain and when we're suffering, it's because we're operating on our plan, right? We have expectations of how we think our life should be going. And when they're unmet, that's when we're frustrated. And it's just submitting, surrendering to God's plan for our life. I mean, had, was that true for you? Yeah, a little bit different. And maybe it's just semantics. Because the reason I say this is back up, Liz, because I used to have a different view on this, which is I'm going to surrender everything to him. Maybe this is going to be controversial. For me, if I decide that it's all in his hands, then I am making myself a victim to his plan for me rather than being in partnership with his plan. I think about my kids. If my kid, he's five, my boy, if he had the energy of he's just going to like, surrender everything to me with all of the things that he's learning to do in life. And he's like, I'm just giving my life to you, dad, because you can make a better life for me than I can. Because I've heard, I used to think that, like, give your life to God because he can make a better life for you than you can. And this is putting words in God's mouth, whatever, we're doing this. I don't think that that's what he wants. I think that like, if I look at it in terms of with me and my son, I want to guide him, suggestions, and tell him what I would do. But then ultimately, I want him to experience the failures. I want him to experience the successes. And I want him to experience his own creation, his own life that he's creating. And so for me, I'm in partnership with God and not necessarily surrendering to him. Right. The surrendering, the reason I lit up when you said that is because surrendering to me equals this, releasing my value from the outcome like mm-hmm. detaching my value from the outcome. Right. Because then I can truly surrender and then I'm not attached to the success or the failure. The paradox is, the ironic thing is that that is the thing that allows the success to come into your space. So for me, I had this idea of what it needed to look like and I was trying to force it. And that comes off as neediness. 
And yeah. I'm sure your listeners will relate to this when you're trying to force, I need to rank up. I need to get this many like enrollments. I need to do this, 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 this. And you're forcing it. And you think that like surrendering is going to be letting yourself off the hook. But really, it's the thing that allows that to come into your space. Because <laughs> when you no longer need it, then it feels safe to come to you. There's a writer named Jeff Goins, and he is phenomenal. But I was at a mastermind retreat and he came and spoke to it last week. And he said this, you can't love something that you're afraid of losing. And so if you have this neediness, an outcome around a rank, around how much money you're going to make, around what a relationship has to look like for you, around what your body needs to look like, you can't love something that you're actually afraid of losing. Wow, that's powerful. Oh my gosh, it just hit me so hard. And when I, I look back on my life and anything that has come to me, success in music, success in podcasting, success in my relationship or with my wife or my children, it's because I didn't have this neediness or I didn't have this attachment to the outcome as far mm-hmm. as my personal value was concerned. And that's what I think surrendering means to me. Yeah, that's such a good point. And my audience is mostly people that are in the network marketing profession. And I know you've worked with a lot of leaders in, in this profession. Yeah. And it's so, it's so easy to get that value tied up in that rank or that promotion or that bonus check. And it's this fixation. It's like the achievement mindset that it's like this all or nothing proposition, right? You know, it's like once I get there, then I'll be happy, then I'll be motivated. And, and the problem is, well, what if you don't? You know, that's a pretty, Sad existence for you to spend most of your day pursuing something, not being happy, and you're and, and you're you're only worthy if you get there. And I think the other part of it too, Preston, is isn't it really about redefining what success means in our lives? Because I think that some of us have a really screwed up definition of success. And if we were to actually put pen to paper and get our thoughts out of our head and say, "Hey, here's what I think I needed to be to be successful," it's a standard that you can never reach, right? So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. What does that mean to you? Oh, man. Two specific things to say about that. It's so beautiful. Jim Carrey, everybody knows Jim Carrey. He's a, he has all the money. He has all the fame. He has, right? he has all the stuff. And he said, I wish everybody could get everything that they've ever wanted. All the money, all the fame, all the whatever, everything they ever wanted so that they can realize it's not the answer. And then in the context of that, I have a friend who does fitness coaching for women. And her whole tagline is so beautiful. She says, if you don't love yourself at a size 12, you're not going to love yourself at a size two. Mm. And so I take that and I think, okay, how do I apply that to to me? And I was like, okay, if I don't love myself at 50,000 a year, I'm not going to love myself at 150,000 a year. Mm. And if I don't love myself, then I'm not going to love myself at half a million a year. Mm. I'm just not. And so it's not about what size you are. It's not about how much money you're making. It's not about what rank you are. I mean, I know I'm, I keep using that language because I know what the audience is, but bottom line is, oh my goodness, if you have this idea that I'll be happy when, even if it's the subconscious, the majority of us have these subconscious beliefs that I'll be happy when. Because mm-hmm. if, if I asked everybody, everybody's listening right now, if I asked you, do you think money can buy happiness? Almost everybody's going to say no. But then if we take a deep, deep, deep look, there is a subconscious belief or a thought that you keep running over. Well, yeah, I know that's true, but I'll be happier when I have more money. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's just this endless cycle. And literally, success becomes a drug that you're addicted to. You need another hit of it and a more aggressive, intense hit of the success, a higher rank, a higher amount of money, a higher whatever it is for you to feel that personal fulfillment. Because if you hit a certain level of income or rank or whatever, it does make you feel happy for Mm. one week. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it goes away and you're like, oh shoot, that wasn't the answer. Well, maybe the next drink is going to be the answer. Then you're basically doing heroin. You're just having another more intense hit, more intense hit to get that successful fulfillment. And you're right. You can never, ever really achieve happiness or fulfillment if you're doing that. It's because it's never going to be enough. Yeah. I want to come back to fulfillment because I'd love to get your thoughts on how you think, what is the secret to bringing more of that into what you're doing? Because I I talk a lot about how if you feel fulfilled by the work that you do, that's really the fuel that you need for long-term sustainable success. But I'll just say this because I love this conversation and, and the way that you're framing this. For me, it's learning how to define success not as the result, but it is the means. It's the process. It's the journey, right? It's like if you put yourself out there today and you prospect someone, that was successful, right? If you do that Facebook Live when you're feeling that fear or you step up and you train that person on your team that you weren't sure if you could do it. It's in the doing. That is where we need to define the success. Because if we can learn how to change the rules of the game and measure our success by something that we can control, which is what we do, then I feel like that brings more confidence and belief to us. And it's like shifting your focus right, to something that's going to empower you to move forward. So do you have any additional thoughts on that? I love the way you phrase that. For me, the way that I phrase it is the success is the person you become along the way to your success. Like if you become a person who doesn't give in to the fear of doing a Facebook Live, that's way more valuable than any success that you might get of people enrolling because you did a Facebook Live. Because it's applicable across the board. You can apply that to your relationships with your wife and children. You can apply that to anything that you're doing in your health and fitness, it's like, who am I becoming along the way? Mm. Am I this? Who am I being? And am I being the person that is in alignment with my goals? If I want to make... Okay, six figures is this magical number everybody talks about. If you want to make six figures, like, are you being the person that allows that to come into their life? Are you being the person that you feel comfortable making that much money because some people will make that much money and think, oh, great, now I don't deserve this. Because, But if you can become that person along the way of feeling that value and feeling that fulfillment along the way, mm. then when it comes into your space, it won't be a different energy. It'll be an aligned energy. Yeah. So I, I'd love to get your perspective on this because whenever I talk about this kind of stuff, one of the natural questions that I get is they're like, okay, you know, Bob, we get it, but how do we change? How can we become this person? So what would you say to somebody that says, well, how do you do it, Preston? What's the secret to me changing? I actually gave a TED talk a couple of weeks ago on mindset before strategy. And I talked about how you don't focus on the how. And then I was very clear about the irony of what I was about to do, which is give you steps about how to not focus on the how. (laughs) And I was like, "Ah, but you got to start somewhere. It can't just be woo-woo and then just let it go. (laughs) The specific steps, I would say, number one, recognize that you have been focusing on the gap between where you are and where you want to be. And if you recognize that you're focusing on that gap, 
then you are activating a part of your brain called the reticular activating system and it's engaging so that you then start to see all of the reasons why you can't accomplish that. Think about this. Everybody's listening. Think about the last car that you bought or leased. The last car that you got. What color was it? What make was it? What model? What year? And then think about the day that you got that car or the day after you got that car. You're driving around your town. All of a sudden, does it seem like everybody else all of a sudden bought that car, that same color, that same make, that same model? They bought it on the same day you did? Why? Why are you starting to realize this? Why are you only seeing this now? Because those cars were already there. And so it's, what are you focusing on? If you're focusing on this one car, then all of a sudden you're going to see that everywhere. And if you're focused on the gap between where you are and where you want to be, like all the things that I'm not, the lack of money, the lack of clients, the lack of whatever, then you're going to see more of that. Mm. It's not magic. It's science. It's in your brain. Right. So focus on your wins. Write down a list of 35 wins you had in the last 12 months. Health wins, financial wins, relationship wins, business wins, personal wins. What are those? Write them out and then read that list. And then if you can't think of some, if you get stuck, ask your five friends, hey, what are some things that you've noticed that I've like succeeded at this year? And then write that list and then print it out and put it on your, on your mirror or something like that and read it every day. Because then you're going to start to think of all the reasons why you can win, all the things that you have done. Mm. You're going to give yourself this permission to succeed, your permission to win because you're focused on it. Is there any significance to the 35 number or is that just an arbitrary number? It's more than 25 and less than... I didn't know if there were like, you know, 34 didn't work, 36 was a little too much, we're zero. (laughs) It's enough to be like, oh, shoot. (laughs) Yeah, that's it's a big enough number where people are going to struggle with it. But isn't it the perfect demonstration of what you're talking about though, is that you ask somebody what's happening or what's going wrong with their life, they'll just rattle off thing after thing. But when you ask them to sit down, and identify 35 simple things, like good things that have happened in your life over the last six months or a year, they can't even do it. Yeah. So what I've started doing is I identify three wins every day. Small wins. It could be a big one, like I got a big new client. Or it could be, I didn't want to work out, but I still got up and did the exercise. Or I took some time to put my phone away and just look at my kids for 10 minutes. you know. And then at the end of the year, I have a thousand wins because mm. I wrote down three a day. Mm. Awesome. You mentioned asking myself what's wrong with me. That kind of leads into the next one, which is asking yourself useful questions. Your brain, when it hears a question, it answers it. I, and this is the example I use. Think about everybody listening. What color underwear are you wearing? You're all thinking of a color. Now, look around. Is there anybody that you can see? in your life right now? Can you physically see another human? What color underwear are they wearing? Now you're starting to picture it. Your brain is searching for an answer. So when you ask yourself, man, what's wrong with me? Why am I always messing up? Why can't I grow my business? Why can she do it but not me? Okay. Your brain comes up with an answer. And now you're back to focusing on the gap, focusing on the lack, focusing on the things that aren't working. And I'm not trying to pretend that it's all rainbows and unicorns and that everything is going right for everybody. But holy cow, give yourself some compassion and start to focus on your wins. Ask useful questions. What are my biggest wins today? What resources do I have access to that I am not currently utilizing? 
who can I talk to that might know the answer to this question? Even now, you're starting to think differently. Or who do I know I could talk to that I haven't approached because of fear? Mm. That person that came to your mind right there, freaking push pause on this podcast and call him. Yeah, I love that. You know, another one that comes to mind is, you know, when we go through a challenge or a problem or a difficult situation, our natural focus is to then look at that as a validation of whatever limiting belief we have, like, you know, I'm not good enough. But the additional question, a great one is after you get through the initial emotional response of that, to say, what else could this mean? To be able to, to see what could be the bigger purpose or the bigger meaning or the bigger reason. Why did this leader left my team? And that was a hard thing for me to deal with. And it was emotional and it was difficult. But what else could this mean? Right? It's forcing yourself to find the good or the wisdom or the lesson inside of a challenge. Yeah. What could this mean? What lesson can I take away from this? What can I learn from this? That leader left your team. Cool. I genuinely think this is good news because now you don't have to spend any energy, any emotion, or any time working with somebody who's not committed. Mm -hmm. And then you're focusing then on the people that are committed. I think that you should go through and ask yourself first, where's my level of commitment? Is it 10? Awesome. Keep going. If it's not, then just say, okay, what could I do to make it a 10? Mm. What thoughts could I think? What emotions could I feel? And then what can I do right now to shift that energy to get into alignment? Mm. And then ask all the people on your team, what commitment are you? And then the ones that are 10s, dude, start to focus on them. Start to work with them. Like Manage your energy and your time focusing on the things that are going to really freaking move the needle for you. I hope my listeners understand the importance of what you just said there, because what you're talking about is such an extreme form of emotional maturity that even though something bad happens to you, that at the end of the day, you want to maybe place blame with other people or outside of yourself. It's being able to take 100% responsibility of everything that happens in your life. And even if something happens that at first glance, you're like, I had nothing to do with that. It's still having the emotional maturity to say, well, was there something that I still could have done different or better? And I, from a leadership perspective, that is, it is a difficult thing to do, but it is one of the most powerful things that we can do if we want to continue to evolve and grow and reach our full potential. That's beautiful, man. And, and it kind of comes back to like talking specifically about somebody leaving your team, comes back to what I said about what Jeff Goins said, you can't love something you're afraid of losing. If you're trying to hold on to all these people, and you're like, oh no, they can't leave. They can't leave. They can't leave. Well, then you're focused on the scarcity of it. You're focused on the possibility of them leaving rather than, well, let's actually allow the people that are not fully committed to leave. Like, don't try to hold on to it because you can't love something that you're afraid of losing. Mm. And that's why going through this process of saying, who's committed at a level 10? I'm going to focus my effort on them because the truth is you have limited bandwidth. You have limited time. And so, Take the things that are yielding the most results and put the majority of your effort, energy, and time into those. You mentioned full accountability, full responsibility for things. That's actually the thing that I start with when I talk with my clients. Like Full accountability for all the situations in your life. And what I mean by that is, it's not like you're in control of every single thing, but full accountability for your thoughts, your emotions, your actions, and the fact that you have created your situation. Like straight up, you just had, I mean, this is, we're getting into it, but like 
whatever you're experiencing right now is a direct result of your past thinking. Because your thinking creates your emotions, which yields your actions or informs your actions, which then gives you the results that you have. So whatever you're at right now, it's a direct result of your past thinking. And so in order to get somewhere else, you got to change your thinking. Because your past level of thinking got you here. And if you keep thinking that, then your future is going to look exactly the same as your present. And if you can't take accountability for that, and you think, well, my success is based on my team. My success is based on my spouse. If my spouse would only get on board. If I didn't have to deal with my kids in this way. If my team would get their shiz together and start doing this. Then what you are saying is that you are not in control. And you're yielding the power and the control of your thoughts and emotions and situation to an external situation. And now you're a victim. Mm. That's the perfect transition. Let's talk more about victim mentality, right? Because I felt this way at first too, when someone threw out there that you you have a victim mentality. And my initial response was, no, I don't. I'm not a victim. And I know that probably a lot of the listeners feel the same way. They don't see themselves as playing victim. So Talk to me a little bit about kind of like that conversation around what that means and how we can diagnose if maybe we're falling, no pun intended, victim of of this mindset. Yeah. Before we get into this, I want to be very, very clear that when I talk about victimhood and victim mindset, it's a victim mindset, Mm -hmm. not an actual victim of like physical or sexual assault or anything like that. I understand that that word could be triggering. And so I want to be very compassionate and aware of that. What I'm talking about specifically is when you decide that something else needs to shift for you to have something. Mm. You can put whatever that is in that equation. My team needs to do this for me to make money. And right now I can hear everybody saying, but they do. My points are based on... (laughs) And if you're in that level of thinking, give yourself compassion and then say, Okay, am I willing to look at something from a different perspective? If you're saying, okay, totally honest for me, I was thinking I will have a better relationship with my wife once she changes, once she starts thinking differently, once she starts acting differently. And in my money, once I'm able to finally have my life look a certain way, then I'll be able to have money and then I'll be able to be happy. But then I'm basing my emotions on some number on a screen that's not actually real. Like I'm talking about ones and zeros in my bank account that I'm not actually holding physical cash. It's like an imaginary thing anyway. And so I am making myself, I'm putting my emotions as contingent on an external situation. As a result of that, I feel powerless. As a result of that, I feel judgmental. I feel like I blame things and people. And I feel like I will only feel happy after something or when something happens. And then I'm an energy vampire. I just suck the energy out of any situation because I'm feeling like I'm having a pity party constantly. And we've all done this, man. We've all done it. Bottom line, it's about you deciding that you're reacting to a situation instead of creating a situation. And you can get to a point where you are in control of your thoughts and emotions and recognizing the role that you play in every single situation in your life. Then and only then can you really start to shift it. I would argue there, that's a really difficult thing for people to do. But wouldn't you agree that it's also one of the most powerful things? Like taking back our power, understanding that we are ultimately the source of what 
the creation of our life, it's such an empowering thing, but it is, it's difficult for people, wouldn't you say? Yes. Oh, yes. It is the most powerful thing. And it is also one of the most difficult things. I would say this, it's not super easy, but it is very simple. And one of the things that keeps us in this mentality, keeps us stuck in this, is the fact that being a victim feels good. Gosh, dude, how good does it feel to be able to let yourself off the hook? Because of course, I can't feel this way. They have to change for me to do this. And so now I get to have immediate relief for my own actions. Like I don't have to take any action because I'm waiting for them to do it. It feels good. And I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't. When you get into that mentality of, I'm going to let myself off the hook. I'm going to not have to put myself out there. I'm going to give in to fear. It is immediately comfortable. And when you recognize that, you're like, oh, it is serving me because I've received immediate comfort. Mm-hmm. And then and decide whether or not that comfort is worth it to you. It's also a lot about attention too as well, right? Let's be real. We live in a society today that celebrates victimhood. <laughs> and I think that, you know, like I said, we're not diminishing people that have been real victims of heinous acts and crimes, but it's that mentality and that social media has really fueled this. It's we get attention, right? And if you're living your life and I'm just going to, you know, I'm talking about my audience, it's a very lonely existence as an entrepreneur. In the early stages of building your business, you're all alone. You're trying to find people that see the vision that you see. And sometimes, you know, it's easier for us to do the things that you're talking about in order for us to have that power or attention. And it's also certainty, right? If we fly off the handle and we get angry or we're depressed and we get a sense of certainty in that because we see people respond to us and we get that attention that we're seeking. That's a really good point. You went to Date with Destiny and I listened to that podcast where you talk about what you got in touch with, with certainty and the way that you approach the six human needs. And I really resonated with that, man. It was really, really cool. Victimhood gives us certainty. Mm. It really does. Mm -hmm. And there is uncertainty in being a conscious creator. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) really, there can be certainty within the creation and the consciously being intentional about taking control of your life. There can be certainty there because you are in control of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You are in control of your emotions and you can get your certainty from that rather than the outcome, which is all the things I'm talking about, getting it internally rather than externally. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any commentary on social media? Because I'm sure... At the same time, it is the best thing that has ever happened to the network marketing profession. And at the same time, it is the worst thing that has ever happened to it. And I think you know that if you use it the right way and it's not a crutch and you don't rely too heavily on it, it's the best thing. But far too many people fall on the other side of that equation, if you ask me. It's because it's too easy. You're totally right. This is what I say. You want to immediately change your life. And I mean immediately. Take an hour and go through all the people that you follow on Instagram. Sometimes I ask my clients, okay, how many people do you follow on Instagram? They're like, oh, you know, 750. I'm like, whoa, 750 people? Like how much time do you have to spend a day just looking at somebody else's pictures? But this is what I say. You want to immediately improve your life. Go through the people that you follow and you get to be honest and judicious about this. If they put up a post and it doesn't give you inspiration, joy, unfollow them. Mm. And I mean it. 
the people that you follow, cut it down by two thirds. 600 people, take it down to 200. Yeah. Do not follow people that you end up comparing yourself to. Even if they're high up in a company, even if they're like a thought leader, a New York Times bestseller, whatever. If you see their posts and it's supposed to be inspiring, but you feel a sense of judgment from mm-hmm. yourself, in yourself about it, yeah. freaking follow those people. Yeah. And then you're at a better place later on than refollowing. But like eliminate two thirds of the people that you follow and be very clear about if it gives you inspiration and joy rather than judgment and comparison right now. Yeah. I actually did an entire episode on exact subject called stay in your own lane. So I 1000% couldn't agree more. Such a great piece of advice for anybody that's listening. Jess Lively, I've mentioned her earlier in the podcast. Somebody asked her that she was doing this live Q&A and they said, how do you deal with when you, people pop up on your Instagram that like you end up comparing yourself to or something like that? And she was just very... She goes, oh, I don't have that. I unfollowed all those people and I only have people in my feed that bring me joy. Yeah. And then she moved on. And I was like, whoa, what a baller <laughs> yeah. response. Like, yeah. She didn't like, spend time belaboring it. She's like, yeah, just definitely do it. I did the same thing. You know, There's a lot of other people that are in my... I'm doing air quotes right now. People can't see me. But generic network marketing trainers, that most of which are very good friends of mine. But I made a conscious decision to unfollow every single one of them because... I found myself getting caught in that negative energy of comparitis. It's only natural. And and then the other thing too is I really started to notice that it influenced what I was creating and the way that I was creating. It started to become the death of my own authenticity because I started modeling my messages and my words after what I saw other people doing. And so I, I, yeah, I couldn't possibly agree more. I think that's such an important piece. But, but here's the thing. I always have to be like, there's always a disclaimer because I'll say something and then somebody will hear it as, well, Bob said that we should just unfollow all of our upline and all of our downline. That is not what I'm saying here. That's probably not going to be a really smart business strategy. Like how this is going to translate to your business is, you know, just don't, Pay attention as closely to everyone. There are certain people you may need to be connected with because of your business. It doesn't mean you have to pay close attention to everything that they do. Well, I would say as far as that goes specifically, if you need to follow somebody because of your business or whatever, first of all, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but like, take a look at why. Like, Why is that triggering you? That's a bigger deal than follow and follow is like a, it's a quick fix. Go for the low-hanging fruit. Like I call it dunking on a seven-foot hoop. Everybody can dunk on a seven-foot everybody. Mm-hmm. And so just get yourself in a position where you can get an easy win and eliminate all the distractions, but then actually deal with it instead of just not following them. Yeah. That's a band-aid. Now deal with the actual cause rather than the symptom. The cause is, why did they trigger you? Yeah. Why do you comparison? Mm-hmm. And then start to develop that value within yourself. And yeah. then... You can follow them later on and then it doesn't matter. That's so good. Such a good point. So I'll tell you, man, I know we're closing in on an hour here, so I want to be respectful of your time, but this has been amazing. And I, I can't wait for all of my viewers to hear this. So in closing here, I'd love to have you maybe a couple of parting words. I know that anybody that's listening, like if this whole conversation around having a victim mentality and learning how to take responsibility and your power back right, to create your life. If that's resonating with you, then I really want to strongly ask you to consider to coming to the event. I mean, for many more reasons than that. But specifically, I know that 
you have a framework or a, an exercise that you take people through to help them kind of through this process. And I know that you've got a lot of clients that are very successful network marketing leaders and you've worked with people that are in this profession. Would you have any parting words just in terms of you know, the value of them being able, what, what they would get out of it or you know, kind of parting pieces of advice in that area? Yeah. Talking about specifically with the event, man, you know this, like there's something about the energy of a live event. And when you put yourself in an open space and an open place to be able to take a look at some of these things, it can be completely life-changing, not just business, but every single aspect. So the framework that I take people through, the specific process where we identify what a victim is, identify what a conscious creator is, and then we do a really intense exercise it's very active. Like you're participating. When mm-hmm. I speak places, I don't just like speak at people. I go into the audience. We do the work and you go through a really specific exercise where you get clear on the accountability that you've brought to situations in your life. Totally honest. People have healed their own emotional scars around things. Mm-hmm. Just through going through this specific exercise and doing to taking 90 minutes to do this. Yeah. And I, I've seen you do it, so I can attest to it. It is really, really powerful. And I just I can't wait until you do it at the event. We're gonna kick off the first day you're gonna be speaking. So we're gonna hopefully break them down and then build them up and create the framework and the foundation that they're gonna need to really create a transformation in the business and in their life. I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked. Yeah. It's going to be awesome, man. So Preston, look, I want to thank you. I really appreciate you being here. I know my audience is going to love this episode. Let everyone know where they can find you and catch more of your stuff. Where, where's the best place to connect with you? So it's two places. My podcast, which is called Next Level Life, and it's on anywhere that you consume podcasts, whatever. We talk about personal development from an entrepreneurial perspective. So how you can grow your business with these specific personal development principles called Next Level Life. I'm also on Instagram at Preston.Pugmire. My last name is P-U-G-M-I-R-E. And I message everybody back. Everybody that messages me, I do like a video message back to people. Make sure that you feel like I'm talking to you, man. Like I really want to connect with people and not just hide behind the what social media is. But my podcast and my Instagram are probably the two best ways. And we'll link, we'll link to those in the show notes for everybody. So once again, Preston, thanks so much for being here, man. I really appreciate you and all the value that you deliver to the audience. And I can't wait to see you at the event, man. Awesome. I'm stuck. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. All right. So how amazing was that? You know, that conversation around the victim mentality is so important. And that's the reason why I asked Preston to come train at the event. He is going to do a full 90-minute intensive workshop. So he has people that pay him thousands and thousands of dollars to come to a weekend workshop with him. And he is going to, in 90 minutes, kind of condense and give you some of the best stuff helping you get out of this mindset in your business. And I know that it's going to be incredible for those that are in attendance. So once again, go check out impactandgrowthsummit.com if you're interested in attending the event. I promise you it will be one of, if not the best training events you've ever been to for your business. It is open to people from all companies, all levels of their business, and I hope to see you there. So as always, thanks for taking the time. 
to spend with me and listen to this episode. And I hope to hear you soon on the next one. Take care.